electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. You were looking at some live pictures from major airports around the country after the FAA ordered all domestic flights to pause departures due to a system outage. Although uh, reports now say that ground stop's been lifted. We'll get right to that story in just a moment. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures relatively steady as we brace for December CPI in just under 24 hours. But we will begin with the airlines, Jim. Uh, reports that uh, they were trying to restore an outage of this uh, notification system for crews. And you're talking well over a thousand flights uh, delayed, at least. Yeah, I mean, again, we seem to be just hopeless in terms of the amount of money we're spending on technology. Uh, Phil, uh, Phil Bo alluded to that. I, I keep thinking about had I known that Southwest had had such poor technology, which apparently was like an open secret, it would not. The stock would not be at 35. David, again, I mean, you hear the FAA; they have bad technology. Now, when you hear bad technology and you hear air safety. Those don't go well together. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, we are spending an enormous amount on infrastructure. Well, so that's good. One would hope perhaps some of that will go to upgrading various technologies at various places, including but, perhaps the FAA, although I don't even know because this is not my area of expertise. Well, I mean, but I'm why, just glad I'm not in an airport today. Wouldn't it have been better to have some sort of, like, every year have a kind of a grounding that we all know about, just an emergency grounding? I, I think these call into question, again, how much money is spent trying to make things safe. And I think it's embarrassing. Uh, it does not feel, I mean, I've been hearing that the FAA is a political organization. That's completely untrue. These are professionals. But if you don't give money to, to uh, people to upgrade tech, they can't do it. And I think that we see it in the military where they haven't upgraded to drones. We see it to this. Uh, we see it to the government in so many different businesses. Well, the IRS is the one that's come into focus oh, of late, wow. of course, given what's going on in Congress in terms oh, of the last bill department. again and the money that's going to be spent there to upgrade what is technology literally from the 70s and 80s. Well, that's just crazy. I mean, think about all the companies that have the ability. You'll have a, a Google. They'll have the technology that was invented yesterday. And I think that there's two classes. There's the companies that do very, very well and make a lot of money. And then there's the government. I don't know where the money goes, but it sure doesn't seem to go to technology. Uh, meantime, the president says he's going to open a full investigation into today's outage. Uh, the press secretary says no evidence of a cyber attack. There's actually a lot of airline news separate from this. We got a downgrade to Southwest on some yeah. of the issues you mentioned. Uh, Boeing uh, deliveries, four-year high, although still dragging Airbus. But China, you know, China South making a, a, a concerted effort to look at it. 787 doing well, which matters tremendously. Uh, of course, uh, I think we have to have Bob Jordan on. I know that Gary Kelly would have been on already saying, look, I mean, here's the real truth about what's going on in Southwest. I, I don't feel we have the whole thing. We don't. I mean, again, talking about systems, a lot of the criticism of Southwest was that they were not able to, to have the technology to keep up 
with real, getting real-time understanding of where their crews were and right. all sorts of other things. And so well, look, the question I, that we would ask, I'm sure, would be, well, do you have to spend a lot more in terms of an upgraded technology at that airline? I think one of the reasons people like Delta, since and there's been overwhelming love for Delta, is people feel they've spent enough money. I do think that technology is a dead weight loss. Now, we're going to hear from, from Brian Moynihan uh, on Friday. Now, this man has spent at Bank of America a gigantic amount of technology. Uh, it, it, he, I think he's trying to keep pace with a lot of the fintechs, and it has been fantastic for them. So that's a winner on Friday, I think. Yeah. We'll get to some of that uh, airline news in a moment, but specifically on the ground stop today, let's bring in our Phil LeBeau, who joins us, I believe, from O'Hare. Morning, Phil. Good morning, Carl. And it's strange to say this, but it seems like a rather normal morning, at least when you're here before check-in, before security at O'Hare Airport. I'm in Terminal 3. This is where Americans' operations are. And you're not seeing a ton of people who are standing around saying, my flight's delayed, I can't get out, what's going to happen? There are going to be delays that are going to ripple through the system. But just within the last 15 minutes, we heard from the FAA that it has lifted the ground stop. Here's a statement from the FAA. Normal air traffic operations are resuming gradually across the United States following an overnight outage to the FAA's notice-to-air missions system. That's essentially the system that gets critical flight information, gets it to the aircraft, gets it to the airlines. Every airline wants to have NODAM up and working in order to function safely and as efficiently as possible. The FAA statement goes on to say uh, the, that system provides safety information to flight crews. The ground stop has been lifted. The agency continues to work or to look into the cause of the initial problem. As you guys have been showing, and we have seen this morning, uh, shots of various air, uh, airports, when you take a look at their tarmacs, you're starting to see aircraft move again. I've checked in with a couple of airlines, uh, three airlines, in fact, within the last 10 minutes, and all have said the same thing. We're starting to see flights go back, uh, get ready to take off. It's going to take some time. You just can't flip a switch. Everybody goes out to the tarmac and everybody takes off immediately. So there's going to be a series of delays likely this morning. FlightAware says about 3,500 flights are expected to be delayed at least this morning. That number may increase as we uh, go a little further into the day. And guys, as you take a look at the airline stocks, we're not seeing a whole lot of impact here. This is not an air airline issue. This is not a case where the airlines, like Southwest after Christmas, had problems. And as a result, you saw the uh, investors say, wait a second, this is going to cost the company and what it cost them almost $800 million, or that's the expectation from the airline. This is completely different. This is the system and the software and the technology that is used by the FAA, which, by the way, guys, you were talking about, are they, are Jim, are they up to date in terms of the most adequate software. I think everybody in the airline industry and in commercial aviation would say the same thing. It is the best system in the world. It is a robust system, but it could be better. That's the most honest answer you're going to get in terms of the technology that the FAA uses for a long time, Jim. I've done numbers of stories on this. I've talked with people in Washington about this. Everybody agrees. It could be better. But in order for it to be better, there needs to be the adequate funding put in place. And there's some of that, and the infrastructure bill will certainly help there, but there needs to be adequate funding put in place and a mandate, if you will, to go even further than what they have already. Well, what surprised me, Phil, is, is that there are a lot of different companies that we deal with that it's not, they say it's mission critical, but it's frankly 
not mission critical. FAA, clearly mission critical. Right. So uh, why don't they bring in yep. some of these companies that we hear, a, a Google contract, or, I don't know, Microsoft, and say, listen, we need this updated, we need this now. Well, I think they do work with those companies, Jim. I think it's not a case where they just have antiquated systems and they're not upgrading the software and the technology. They have been doing that. The question becomes, could they go further? And almost everybody in commercial aviation believes that the FAA could go further. But again, this gets down to the question. I know it's politics, but we talk about this all the time. Do they have all of the funding and all of the resources that they would like? The FAA would, like any government agency, will always say, give us more. We'll take more. And then you have the fight on Capitol Hill where others are saying, are you spending the money efficiently enough? So clearly this will be front and center, Carl, uh, as people continue to talk about this in Washington. Uh, Phil, uh, great work getting uh, getting started in a hurry, obviously, today. That phone call must have come early. We know uh, this broke in the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. That's our Phil about O'Hare. Talk later. Uh, turn back to the broader markets ahead of tomorrow's CPI data. Uh, Jim, seems like the market is a bit is coiling a bit ahead of that print tomorrow, but it's important in one. It better be a good number because, boy, these analysts, they just are just out there recommending everything. Even when they have things to say that are uh, where they're just kind of like, Tepid. They say, look, you got to buy it right now. And, David, one of the things that I've found that is really interesting, the defense of the mega caps has now started. Has it? Yes. And we're seeing people saying, look, you know, actually, Google's doing well. And Facebook with the over 35 crowd is doing terrifically. And Reels is fabulous. And, and by the way, they're cheap. They're and all, they're you know, cheap. Yeah, it's time look to at the multiples and, and look at the potential growth rate. And they've been undervalued now as a result of, yeah. I kind of Do like you buy the it or ones? what? Well, I think that... Do you buy the argument, I should say, not the stocks? Well, I mean, Meta is cheap if... Let's put it this way. Let's say... Yeah, Meta's cheap. It's been cheap. Well, they stay cheap. Okay, let's say Zuckerberg's really spending time on reels and spending less time developing avatars that look really funny that you play in the Metaverse or that they actually have some contracts from people who say, I want to be in the Metaverse mall. Well, that would be a reason to own it, but we don't seem to have that. Uh, Alphabet... The, the word on Alphabet is, is that they're still getting a lot of advertising and that YouTube is stabilized. The, the word on Amazon is that advertising turns out to be better than we thought. A week ago, all we were worried about was slowing of the hyperscalers. Well, sir, it turns out not only is hyperscaling doing well, you should be buying Oracle because they're good at hyperscaling. So, I mean, I just feel like they flipped a switch and some of these analysts just said, we better get on board. We've been quiet enough. I don't like any of these calls, frankly, except for the Oracle one. Someone who has not flipped a switch is Mike Wilson of Morgan Stanley, as you may know, has been warning about a severe drop for stocks sometime in the first or second quarter. And he reiterated that view last night on Fast Money. We've been talking about kind of a softer first half led by growth disappointment and, you know, a Fed that's still fighting inflation. And then hopefully that will lead to, you know, the next bull market. Ultimately, that could be a pretty good second half. But you know, we're all kind of creatures of uh, checking our own, you know, uh, calls. And uh, I just you know, wanted to kind of be sure that we weren't part of the consensus that would get fooled. I think he's still looking for sub $200 in S&P earnings this year. I, I think, though, he gave you this second half possibility. And if you're a giant fund, then uh, you want to abandon 
be Shakespeare and you want to go Dickens. It could be the best of times. I know. We had Lori Calvacino on yesterday who's looking for you sub-200. You were asking some very some, piercing questions. Well, no, we only I only asked no, one question. No, no, no. Analysts come on all the time and we say thank you very much. That was very, not you. Oh, no. I was like, listen, wait a second. Dave is like, what? What? Congratulations. Okay. Well, thank you for oh, that. She's a guest, God darn it. I, I, what I, the I, heck are you doing? Don't you know she's a guest? You, you had her in your house? And you, what did you say? Here's your hat. What's your hurry? <laughs> don't let the door hit you. Yeah, don't you love that line? I do try to think that we have no, rigorous no, questions for any number of our guests, Jim. Just a little different. But in this case, the point I was going to make was simply that she thinks that there's going to be a second half rally, even though her numbers are similar to Wilson's exactly. in terms of S&P that's earnings. What I listened to. I and saying, that's what you were just well, saying. Well, because I was saying, wait a second. Okay, let's say you're in Union Pacific, all right? Do you want to get, can you go down 20% Union Pacific and then go back up? Right. And the answer is, as David answered it with a question, as he often does, because David's an excellent prosecutor, and the prosecution never rests with David. What he's basically <laughs> saying is, so I'm supposed to buy it and take the hit and then come back. And it was like, okay, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe. And I love her. I mean, but it, the fact is, David, I don't want to see anything like that. You don't. I want to see thank you. All right? I don't want to see, I want it to be like a guest at your house. Okay. That's very interesting. Okay. That's very interesting. Can you I say get you it to something me? to drink? How about him? I say it to, I'll say something to him. Like Warner Brothers Discovery upgraded again. What will he say? Will he say, geez, that's interesting. Tell me more. No, he'll say, yes. I want to be treated like a guest. You do. That's yes. never going to happen. A guest in your house. Never going to happen. Well, great. Uh, unless and when you are a guest in my house, then you get treated well, very I don't well. think you but have any right to no. ask those kinds of questions. No. So I will continue to, just- uh, to apply... Uh, Tough questions to um, you. I just thought that I was listening, and I just said that David oh, is posing the question of the day, and you have to ask this to Mike Wilson, too, which is can people look through the valley of the shadow of bad earnings because they fear no evil? And I remember saying that when I went to school. The Lord's Prayer, what Pennsylvania was really something, huh? Public school. And, and I just said to myself, most of the analysts that we listen to believe that they can. Because these are big funds, they can't get in and get out. But the individuals who are watching are like, holy cow, I just lost 20% on Union Pacific. I want out. Right. That's Um, why that's the question. No, it is the question. Although, again, her point was that a lot of the buy side is already expecting those kinds of earnings and perhaps already anticipating. And I I don't think that's Um, true. I think that they Meanwhile, if Wilson ends up being right, guys, for the second year in a row, then we put him in the Strategist Hall of Fame. I don't know who he joins I like that. It's a very small group. One year getting it right. And and nice job. And Two it's years? not just getting it right. It's getting what he calls double-breaking putts right. Yeah. Trying yes. to get the move within the move. Oh, very, That'll very be. hard. It's, he's going to go up on the wall. Is, I don't know. Who do you put in that in that Hall of Fame? Not Anybody? Tom Brady, because I saw he was a chief investor at FTX. <laughs> and, that, and Kraft as yeah, well. That, yeah, that's why I, I very much want to face them in, uh, if the Eagles play them. Because they'll be worried about Sam Bankman-Fried. And we'll be worried about winning. Yeah, I don't really think Tom Brady's going to be thinking about SBF when he's on the field. You don't think so? No, I don't. I I, I don't know why I don't think that, but I just don't. I think he's more likely to get a subpoena than a game plan. SBF just did another interview, by the way. Oh, yeah, he likes to interview. He said he was surprised that he got arrested so quickly. Imagine if you're his client. I mean, the first thing, you know, is like typically the lawyer says, Mm -hmm. 
I don't want you to speak to anybody. He's inviting journalists over. Yeah. Hey, have a good time. Hey, there's an example. Of yes, the, come like, on hey, over. Come on come over. On over. Mean, I'm here. Gin, what does he have? Gin and tonics? What do you think he offers? I don't, I don't really know. I think he has Hendrix. He drinks Hendrix. Well, there's an FTX attorney on the wire right now saying the total amount of the shortfall for customers is still unclear, even at this point, as Probably. they wrangle over some of those oh, shares yeah, of Safe Hood and that's others. That's a win. Uh, but to the point about markets, a lot of that's going to depend, obviously, on the course of the Fed. And Gunlock, uh, last night on a webcast, had some interesting things to say about uh, the Fed's view of what's going to happen versus the markets. Here's what he said. It's pretty obvious that the Fed is not in control. It's a bond market that's in control. I remain amazed at how frequently I see commentators in financial media talk about how the Fed controls the two-year Treasury. It's obviously the other way around. He says, go with what the market says, Jim. Does that mean we get cuts in 23? No, I think the Fed said longer. They, the Fed doesn't want to lose this battle. And one of the most important things that happened yesterday, I cut Agro on, on Monday. And uh, Sean Connolly talked about how easy it is to put through price increases. And then he gave an interview with Reuters yesterday saying he's done putting through price increases. I think that the Fed wants to hear from everyone. They're done with the price increases. Uh, and they'll eat it. Now, a lot of industrial companies won't make the numbers unless they put through price increases. But there may come a time where companies say, you know what, we're done. We are recognizing that our input costs are, are too high. And we're going, we do not want, in the case of a food company, to find out that Costco is coming in well underneath us. Uh, I, the Fed not in control. I mean, this is the pinata. This is the J Powell's pinata. I tire. I tire of the J Powell's pinata. Mm-hmm. I do. I know you. Well, you are. Uh, you're a defender what of the uh, embattled well, uh, Fed chair. He could win. I mean, is he that could. so crazy? J Powell wins. We'll find out a lot more tomorrow. This time, yeah, that's for sure. I'm, I don't know. I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah. We'll take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to some of the calls we mentioned, including these downgrades of Salesforce, Coin, uh, Southwest, Levi, although some upgrades of the home builders today. Future's still in the green. More Squawk on the Street straight ahead. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. 
S&P Gainers, Tesla's going to lead you this morning up almost 3% on some headlines regarding a potential deal to start a new facility in Indonesia. We'll talk about that. Uh, some upgrades as well for Expedia and another one for WBD today. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. FAA does say normal air traffic operations are resuming gradually. Back in a minute. All right, seven minutes to uh, go before we get started. You've got to look there where we were uh, looking for the open. Uh, let's do a mad dash here. What's the name? Okay, I am now on I love J-Pal Watch. No, I'm being on the critical J-Pal Watch. I'm looking for downgrades that indicate that there is pricing pressure in an industry because that's what Pal wants to see. This morning, I think we got good news on inflation when J.P. Morgan cut CarMax from hold to sell. Uh, the reason I say that is because we know used cars are a huge part of some of these indices, uh, CPI, oh, early on. And I just think that what's happened is, is that if you, you, we've seen a real plummeting of, of used cars. We've yep. seen it from Carvana. We've talked we know about Carvana Burks many times. That. Yes. So, I mean, at a certain point, uh, you have to say to yourself, the Fed may be winning. Now, the people who say the Fed's losing, obviously, they're talking about wages. But we had some kind of good news on Friday on wages. And CPI, we have to wonder whether they even care. They would care about wages. And I think that when you're starting to see layoffs, you're starting to see sales, what that means is there are layoffs. Right. And layoffs lower the price of labor. Now, uh, one might be tempted to look at a chart like this. To be fair to what was the downgrade, J.P. Morgan? Oh, you they had a hold on it. So it wasn't like they were again. saying buy it. But, I mean, Jim, really here? Now I want to sell? Um, well, you. admittedly, that's, uh, I would say, late in the game. I was more referencing it as something which just says... You were me- referencing pricing, from a macro perspective. The price, yes. Right. I was using it as a macro uh, example, not necessarily of a great timing by the analysts. Got it. But here you are knocking analysts, you're knocking oh, strategists. Oh, I am out to praise because my mother always said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it. All right. There's that music again just never stops, does it? We got an opening bell coming up. We're right back. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. FTX returns to bankruptcy court today amid these fresh comments from embattled founder Sam Bankman-Fried to the online publication Puck News. The highlights, he said, house arrest, quote, doesn't feel like being bored on vacation and that while he's lost a lot of the relationships in recent weeks, quote, I don't blame people for wanting to try and avoid getting drawn into the bleep show as best they can. Um, we'll watch that, Jim. Meantime, uh, downgraded Coinbase today. B of A goes to underperform. Yeah. Shares could drop another 20%. I mean, right. They're talking about actual, I mean, the stock's been a rocket ship the last two days, but remind people that you do these cuts. It's usually because earnings aren't that good. I know that there was an American banker story about Silvergate Bank loaded up on a $4.3 billion home loan bank loan. Now, that is highly unusual. Now, that was from that was from a filing. It turned out it was done last year. But uh, you could argue that that was done in order to stem um, deposits uh, coming out. Uh, Coinbase not protected by anyone, but 
uh, your deposit's not protected. Look, I, I continue to believe that this is uh, the whole group's a house of cards. I really believe that. And I think that, that as more people come forward uh, in, his, in the FTX empire, we'll realize that there was a lot to prop up. Uh, uh, David, one of the reasons why I believe the SEC did not uh, did not agree with an ETF, to have an ETF, is I think that felt this was too easy to manipulate. And that's important because this is not a, as large a market as we think when it comes to price. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board. Uh, God's love we deliver, cooking and delivering meals to New Yorkers with severe and chronic illness at the NASDAQ. Victory Capital celebrating its West End U.S. sector ETF. Your point about uh, coin volume and B of A's point is that December volume, which was the first full month after FTX, uh, $34 billion, less than half of the average between yeah, Q1 was, and Q3. That was incredible. And we keep seeing these spats between these different companies. And I just find that, again, like I don't want anyone to... Who, the American dream may be crypto, but I just keep seeing that the people who have your crypto are at war with each other. And I remember we had Gary Gensler on. He said, if you're getting a huge rate, like an 8% rate, when you're getting zero at a bank, beware that there's risk being taken. And I think, you know, Dave, one of the things that, that people may not realize is when you can have risk in both the security and where you keep the security. I mean... It's tough enough to have risk in a security. It is. But yeah, to, to decide, like, where you went. Right. So, ladies and David, I know you're very fascinated about Solana, a Litecoin. <laughs> I know these are, David, you know, along with Alphabet and Amazon, yes, Solana. Right. It's right there on But I think screen. maybe Solana is, I don't know. You're, you, I, it, you question it, Solana a little well, bit. Well, I just tried yeah. to offer, I went to a really good restaurant the other day, Avra. Mm-hmm. And I was oh, yes, tempted to pull, nice. out, pull out my Solana, but I ended up pulling out my American Express. <laughs> they don't take Solana on the little handheld I, thing. You know, yet? I wanted no. to take so badly at, at Bar San Miguel. Yeah. I always thought it was time to take Litecoin, but I couldn't find anyone who knew what Litecoin was. So then I said, listen, I'm going to take non-fungible tokens. But it turns out everyone was offering me fungible tokens. These whole <laughs> this is a strange world. Now, of course, I did. I came to the conclusion that it was all worthless. And I wanted... De Niro, when you bought a Constellation beer. But, David, they just never stopped. They had a different coin a day. You've wanted something backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. Of anything. Even though no, it's not, not clear. By, of anything. By August, by August, with this current Congress, we may be discussing that uh, quite a bit. <laughs> well, well, at I least just, we'll have Yellen yeah. to, to stick around and yes, help out. Yes, we will. Because yes. Yellen, how does she, does she traffic in Solana? I want to know who traffics in Solana. No, I, Yellen is going to have quite a job ahead of her, potentially, if, in fact, this current Congress does not choose to raise the debt ceiling and we end up in a Oh, it's going to be a disaster. I've already decided eight, how I mean, to prepare that. Um, that's going to be... I'm going to what, use what actually will happen. I'm going to use Jim. King Richard III. That's just my thinking. My kingdom without a my kingdom without a budget. No. Mm-hmm. Go with Richard III. Who do you want to go with? Not sure. I'm going to give that some one of thought. the tragedies. And I do have some time to think about it, prepare for it, the possibility of it, and it may not happen. We all 
I think most of us would hope it I'll doesn't be, happen. Maybe right. don't plan a vacation to a national park that, I, that, that week. I think that's a yes, good call. Yes, we could get a closure. Yeah. But the actual but you know that, on, on, uh, on if we actually got to that because oh, like we didn't September, raise the ceiling. Oh, my God. The September 2011 default where, uh, oh, there was, it was during oh, the it, summer of July. Never, we haven't defaulted. July, we no, got but, downgraded. But it was the downgrade. I remember going yeah. and giving a talk to the Eagles in training camp. And I said, "Is there any que- are there any questions about? Is there, how about this uh, this downgrade?" And I said, "No, no, we're really we're kind of talking about how we're going to do against the Giants. No, the downgrade." And it turned out to be an opportunity. And I said that I said we're down 19 percent. I think you ought to do some buying. There you go. Right, the S and P downgrade, of course, from what uh, at that time, which was a big story. Interesting that a player wanted you to actually talk about your area of expertise instead of telling them how to play defense. So well, a lot of times I found as as, as my friend Andy Reid once said when I told him that, I, that as long as we wear my Green Gap shirt, we win. He said, I'm not sure. And then Tammy Reed, his wife, said, I think that Andy Reed himself has more to do with it than your green shirt. <laughs> I had to demur. Well, they figured out the defense part. Anyway. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes. David, a lot of the stocks that you wanted to be critical of, of analysts, are yes. uh, up today. They so are what do you up make today. Of that? I, I don't make much of anything of it. Uh, I will start with Tesla, guys, which is up 2%. We haven't really mentioned the new, the new potential plant in Texas. Uh, could cost as much as 750 million batteries, a number of other things. Um, the journal story citing various permits and the like that have been applied for by Tesla could be a significant increase in capacity. Yeah, uh, 700 million in, in, in the plant near Austin. This Indonesia headline's weird too. Yeah, it Preliminary is. deal to put a plant there, that could turn out a million units. Right, I know that we are beginning to hear, well, wait a second, BMW's coming in, Ford's coming in, GM's coming in. I know they are coming in. Uh, what you would need to see if there was real competition would be advertising. Would be what? Advertising. Advertising. Yeah. And Tesla has not had to advertise, which is always a sign of strength. Now, David, I am reading a very interesting piece in Bloomberg about how Elon Musk might never be the world's richest person again. I thought of you. <laughs> and why is that that you thought of me when you're... Because I knew that you would be the most critical of Musk without any fear. You don't feel... You and Brett Taylor are the only two people who do not fear his retribution. Uh, and no, th- I don't fear any retribution from Elon Musk, but I, I hope I've also been uh, um, open-minded, fair. Yes, yeah, you I have so. been open-minded. I mean, I, you know, I've said many times I do get a lot of criticism when we criticize him because he has a lot of people who believe in Musk above all else. I know but, it's really incredible, but this article um, is, dip- is dispositive that he obviously this Twitter financing that David has talked about endlessly does seem um, that's something that yet you wouldn't like to have if you looked at your statement every month. No. If you're one of the banks that financed the go private of Twitter to the tune of, let's call it, $12.5 billion, the value of your loan is not 100 cents in the dollar at this point. Now, again, Do you know, he's, doing, he's done so many things at Twitter, including cutting more than half the staff. It's being focused on, by the way, in the rest of Silicon Valley. I hear this a number of times. Journals did a story on this, I think, a while back. But um, if he can get away with it, if he can actually say, you know what? The guys, the people sitting next to you on either side of you were completely useless, and we're doing the same job that we had been doing previously. That will be a moment well, well, for Car- many others who run big technology companies. Car- Carl may disagree with me, but I think Twitter's been better since he took over. There have been. There's been some uh, you know, tech trading desks that say 
you let go of half the people. Has the has the product changed that much? I think it's better. Not, not that I've noticed. I think there's improvements. The there's minor improvements, but there are improvements. Um, and not Amy's nearly as much point. chatter about it right now as there had been a couple of weeks ago. He's still out there potentially trying to find a new CEO. And that's, you know, I reported that. That is, continues to be the case, but it's not clear that he's going to find the person that he wants or the person who actually be willing to take the job because, of course, he would stay. He's still, he's still your boss. No matter what, he's still going to be the boss uh, given he owns the company. And so that's not an easy thing. Tesla shareholders are eagerly awaiting the possibility for him finding somebody to run Twitter and perhaps being able to focus more, uh, more on Tesla. That said, there was a lot of speculation about the gentleman who got promoted at Tesla a couple of weeks yes. back and whether that person might be seen as one day being the CEO of Tesla. Well, anything, maybe a Virgin Orbit CEO. Take the Virgin Orbit CEO? CBO, yeah, yeah, just the whipping boy. Yeah. You know, someone in there. Look, I, look I, I'm on Twitter every day, and I, I'm going to reiterate, it's better than it was. And it is an anomaly that you can You want to bid Morgan Stanley for some of their loan? I'm sure they'd be willing to give it to you. I think James Gorman's going to come out perfectly on that loan. You do? Yes, I do. My Chapel Trust owns it. But I think that James Gorman. A lot Gorman, of other banks, by the way, including Morgan Stanley, which led the fight. I think that James Gorman, they report next week. I don't think you'll see anything that's. Uh, they had a big plan at Twitter. It's unclear whether, where it stands in terms of they really saw an opportunity to do a lot of different things. Not just cutting the staff, but look at that chart. Obviously, wow. charging there's for a chart. Yeah, yeah look. look at that chart. Not everybody's an idiot. There's my new name, my new theory for, my new mantra for 2023. Not everybody's, Not everybody's an, idiot. an idiot. I like a great book title. If you're right? on Not everybody's book, yeah. an idiot. How about yeah. that? I like. And that. we have people come on, and they are not idiots. Um, guys, I, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, no, I want to talk about wrestling. Oh. Yeah, change of management there. Uh, yeah, WWE. This was a story last week. Of course, Vince McMahon coming back. Remember, he's a control shareholder, but he'd stepped aside for a bit. And then he came back. Now he's basically running things again. But uh, a lot of his re-entry into the scene has uh, sparked um, speculation that the company uh, might be sold. And the stock has moved up uh, appreciably. You can take a look, really, even in a short amount of time. Uh, Stephanie McMahon stepping down. There it is. He came back. Exec chair. Really kind of running things once again. Uh, at World Wrestling. Would there be potential buyers for this company if it were truly for sale? One would think yes. Um, doesn't uh, take much to think that even the likes of our parent company might have some it's interest. It's a great subscription business. Right. Peacock runs, uh, runs it, uh, runs the, uh, the wrestling. Um, Endeavor, which owns UFC. Right. One might imagine you put those two assets together. Absolutely. Although it's very much unclear whether Endeavor, given its market cap, um, balance sheet and balance sheet would be willing or interested in levering up to the level it would to potentially be able to buy World Wrestling. I mentioned it again this morning because there was a tweet overnight from somebody saying that the Saudis were going to buy it. That got deleted. wasn't true to begin with. Um, but it has had the effect of sending the stock up a bit more. What I am hearing is you may see a process. You might see the, uh, some books go out, a couple of investment banks being hired to send books out and say, hey, are you interested um, but I also hear from prospective buyers that it's very much unclear whether Vincent McMahon really would want to sell this thing. Uh, and if he were to, he'd still want to run it, potentially. Do you really want Vince McMahon, you know, working for you, so to speak? Uh, so a lot of some doubt out there as to not whether or not you might see some sort of a process, but whether it really would end up with this asset actually being sold. And again... Um, the Saudi thing doesn't, at this point, you know, uh, it doesn't appear uh, 
to have uh, have a lot behind it right now. Uh, well, I know that when uh, uh, Strauss you know, uh, is you would need. By the way, if you were Endeavor, you would need. If you were going to do it, one would expect you would want outside help in some way, maybe Silver Lake. Again, this is all speculation. Right. Um, but we'll keep an eye on those shoes. You can see they're reversing a bit. Again, that um, that tweet had been deleted, I believe, sure. Carl, from from earlier. That's right. From some gentleman associated with wrestling and marketing uh, overall. Um, not that the PIF is not aggressive. Uh, the Saudis are. But... Um, Let's just, let's just take a step back and see. Books haven't even gone out yet, if in fact they do. Huh. Okay. All right. No, look, I always know the subscription business is a great business. They happen to have it. They were the earliest to, in many ways, to subscription and, streaming. And I know uh, the people who are involved in it. it. It's been a beautiful business. And I think that you're right, that people ought to be thinking about how to have consistent revenue that is not chopped off because of cord cutting. Right. It's cord adding. Um, Speaking of which, uh, as we mentioned, the other, the daily upgrade for uh, WBD today, it's Guggenheim. They go to buy uh, 1650. Yesterday it was uh, Bank of America. Again, uh, cost cutting within direct to consumer. New Max. Uh, Some of the affiliate deals. The reset from last year. Yep. I mean, there's a stock that was, if you look at the chart, obviously you're not getting it too early. No. Uh, I mean, maybe it's finally run a little bit of steam here. Up 32% track six trading days. Right. Strong. I mean, it's an attractive narrative is what Guggenheim said. Now, that's an interesting term because what happens is, is that people are looking for stocks that everybody's given up on and said, you know what? Yeah, I can do that. And that, by the way, I actually like. I actually like research, which just says, you know what? This thing's overdone and it should be down. And How about when it goes the other way? We finally have a sell on CRM from Bernstein. Yeah, as you I've know. been going back and forth on CRM. You know, the, the essence of the CRM deal is growth that, purgatory is that, there, that the growth, there isn't any real growth and it's been hidden by acquisitions. Uh, and it's interesting because when you think about it, there's uh, they report they report uh, core products and then they report acquisitions separately. So it, you can't hide it. I mean, if they're it does say that they're hiding it. I mean, you know, they could say, listen, they're hiding it. Sure, they show the core products. Core products weren't doing that well. And then they add these products. But the core products were doing well. And I don't know. I mean, I think that it was a, I thought it was savage. Okay. I thought it was a savage piece. Um, and you more. know that. You know that that piece basically just says that they have no real growth. They've massed them back. Yes, it's, but uh, you know, David, from time to time, we've seen that. And we've always said those kinds of companies must be avoided. And in their opinion, yeah. it should be avoided. The margins have uh, improved. It's, the it's an underperform. That. I know, but, yeah. but that's that kind of piece basically says that you must avoid this stock at all costs. And I'm working all morning on whether that is a fair characterization that they make an acquisition like Tableau and make an acquisition like Slack because business is so weak that this way they can do better versus what I've seen, which is that they've uh, uh, there are half the people are doing most of the sales and they need to rationalize the sales force and they're going to do that and they're doing that in conjunction with some very smart activists uh, and that uh, the product still remains a, a great seller. By the way, the dollar being weaker has helped them tremendously, but the piece, I'm not saying the piece calls them a Ponzi scheme. Understood. I am saying that the piece is so critical that I'm going to spend at least the next three or four hours being sure that that piece may be as accurate as Okay, as guys, I, wanted, I, I, want, I did want to squeeze in a, an up, another upgrade of Blackstone, in part because I focused right, on it a lot in, la, in the last that. month with BREIT. Uh, this is Wells. They upgraded. They say it's been overdone, the, the, the sell-off in BREIT. 
The earnings hit from it has already been incorporated in the, sa- in the uh, shares as well. While they say, well, BRE probably shouldn't have offered a 5% quarterly redemption structure, we think that the situation will stabilize, barring more significant market declines. They go on to say uh, they are decreasing their estimates um, uh, for the fourth quarter by 9%. They're now at a buck one, and uh, 23 estimates uh, go down by 5% to $5.30. But again, overall, it is a positive. They upgraded to an overweight uh, in the belief that um, the liquidity has improved with that University of California deal. We had John Gray on a little more than a week ago talking about and that overall they do not see uh, any further hit from BRIC. I think that people should know when we talk about Blackstone, this is a $98 billion company. This is not a yeah, no, this is operation. No, this is a, and obviously had been well over $100 billion, $130 billion right. market. Yeah, it's company, got a 4.3% yield. I actually think that this is one of those situations where I urge CEOs, come on the show. Be straightforward. Come on the show. Tell the truth, and your stock's going to stop. I had it with Kotaro last night, with Tom Jordan. We had it with Jonathan Gray. It makes all the difference in the world. These, these CEOs who duck us, sure. they are doofuses. All right, you got to communicate with the street oh, one way or another. Yeah, or, I mean, look, if you don't, I'm just going to say, you know what? I don't believe uh, meantime, uh, Dow is leading the Dow higher. Uh, best uh, Dow component of the year so far to date. Uh, Dow's up 142. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. And that's a good point, Carl. Material stocks, stuff that was lagging last year, is doing better this year. So let's take a look at the sector gainers. Materials are on fire. We, all of these stocks are up 6 7% so far this year. The copper producers, real estate, big laggard last year. It's doing well. Consumer discretionary is doing a lot better. It helps that you have Amazon and Tesla uh, stabilizing. And what's lagging? One of the winners last year, comparative winners last year, uh, is healthcare, And you can see that today. Pfizer's down. There's lagging. Bristol-Myers is uh, to the downside a little bit. Pfizer's had a terrible start. It's down about 8% for the year. Lamb's down. Salesforce down. We had a, that uh, downgrade over at Bernstein. But we are off to a very good start for the year. It doesn't feel that way, I know. But actually, this is one of the better starts we've seen in a long time. Dow Transport's up almost 6%. The Russell's up. Outperforming. That was a terrible performer last year. It's outperforming. NASDAQ's outperforming. S&P 500 up 2.5%. By the way, the rest of the world is doing even better. Europe, which had a terrible year underperforming the the United States, uh, is doing well. The stock 600, this is sort of the S&P 500 uh, of Europe, uh, is up almost 6% this year. Look, that's the highest level since April. We're 8% from a new high in Europe, 8% from a new high. And China is outperforming. China had a terrible year. You see all these underperformers tend to outperform in the in the next year. You see that move up there. Uh, and that's not far. Uh, oh, maybe 15 percent from a, a new high uh, as well. Elsewhere, we're going into earnings season and a lot of talk about dividends. I know you don't think they're exciting, but they were huge last year. We had a record year for dividend payouts last year because the cash flows of corporate America are really strong and the margins are still high. And the estimate is will likely continue into 2023. The important thing here is that investors have been throwing money into dividend yielding funds. Dividend yielding ETFs took in massive amounts of money last year. They tend to favor ETFs where companies are increasing their dividends year over year. So, for example, Noble, which was one of the big dividend payout companies that were around last year, NOBL, dramatically outperformed the S&P 500. Put that chart up. Look at that uh, by 10 percentage points. They own companies like Procter & Gamble, for example, that tended to outperform last year. And they paid roughly 3%, 
4% dividend yields for these companies overall. I know you don't think dividends are interesting. It was about 2%, 1.7% on the S&P 500, but it's a critical component of overall returns. Here's why. Most people reinvest the dividends that they have. These dividends are compounded on a yearly basis, and over time, they are a critical component of overall stock returns. You cannot look at yearly price returns on the S&P. Carl, the average yearly return on the S&P for the last nearly 100 years is 10.2%. Of that return, 40% is from reinvested dividend. The other 60% are price returns. This is why dividends are not boring. Reinvested, critical part of the investor perspective. Carl? Uh, great advice, Bob. Thanks. Bob Pisani this morning. As we go to break, let's watch bonds. Uh, as you know, CPI, the main event of the week, is tomorrow morning. In advance of that, though, you got the uh, curve mostly lower. Two-year, right around four and a quarter. A dollar index worth watching as well as it's still below 103. Back in a moment. Watching some of the airlines today, uh, stocks not faring too badly. Southwest is uh, underperforming on the back of this downgrade out of Susquehanna. Uh, they go to neutral target of 40. But overall, Reuters now says 5,000 flights delayed today and about 860 canceled outright. Dow's up 95. Back in two. We've got time for Stop Trading with Jim. Uh, I have to love some of this research, Carl. Here's Credit Suisse saying FedEx is our top pick. Talking about it, it could surprise the upside. Uh, $300 price target, 12 uh, times earnings, uh, $25 earnings. I love this call. I think the company's got a whole new game plan, and I think that sometimes when you get to the beginning of the year and hope springs eternal, sometimes that hope is right. And I once again remember not everybody is an idiot. We'll see. We did get XPO and Maersk downgraded today. but Yeah, uh, well, those you're right, you're X, right about X, XPO, that was a tough yeah. one. Maersk, I've always felt that the shipping companies tend to, they tend to have the same prices. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if that's possible. Somebody else has Maybe noticed that as well. They all seem to have the same price as the shipping companies. Do they? Yes. Uh, Massimo is a company that won a first round of a suit against Apple for their, uh, their watch, which detects health. So I've got Joe on tonight. I don't know. We have to watch this. Apple, by the way, getting rid of, you know, we don't even talk about it, Samsung, by the way. I always thought it was interesting that they're, they were subsidizing the chief, their chief owner. Don't be a little nicer to me. Okay, I'll try. You know, say hello. Hello. How are you? Goodbye. No. <laughs> yeah, That's something else. No, he means goodbye. it. We'll yeah. see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. We'll take a quick break. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.